as long as I can remember, I was um, involved in um, helping people in my community. It's something that was taught to me as a young kid um, by my parents. My grandmother um, was also deeply passionate about welcoming people um, from other countries, but then also just to her dinner table. I met people from all over the world at my grandmother's dinner table. And um, I remember at, when I was maybe about nine or 10, she had a family over who were um, refugees from Russia. And my grandmother specifically made a point to pull me over in the kitchen. And she told me that it was really important that I made them feel welcome at the table. And, um, you know, I didn't think too much of it at the time, but I made a point to do that as a way of, you know, listening to my grandmother, who I loved very dearly. And, um, and ultimately I understood the importance of it, you know, that, that just feeling of being welcome somewhere is something that folks who have come through this system, it may have been, you know, weeks, months, years, or longer, um, since they felt that sense of I'm really wanted here. And that is not their fault. That is 100% a product of a system that is not designed to center their needs and well-being. Honestly, from what I've learned based on the last six years of working with these families and meeting a lot of caseworkers and a lot of people working in various capacities with and around the U.S. Refugee Admissions Program, I learned that this, our government system of support for refugees when they get here, it is designed to limit liability and risk to the government. It is designed to keep people alive. That is literally, <laughs> that is, and they are very good at it. It is very uncommon that someone does not survive the first three months in the US. However, it is very common that three months after arriving to the US, families feel that they are still in their refugee experience which it doesn't have to be that way because, because if, if our system was set up not to keep families isolated, but to actually make it easy for our families to give and receive support from the people who are around them, I mean, that's how, that's the difference between the re refugee experience and the resettlement experience. Um, it doesn't also have to cost a lot of money, what we've seen. Like, you know, I'm sitting here right next to me. I have my mail pickup. Like, you know, here's an example of like, you know, I'm holding a welcome letter that was written by uh, Ethan and Ethan's family. And it says, welcome. We see your courage. You have done something worthy of deep respect by making this journey to a new home in solidarity. Ethan and family. And here's another one that was written by a kid named Kayla. Mm -hmm. And it has flowers and some a sunshine. And she wrote, Welcome to your new home. We're glad you're here from Kayla. And so, you know, what what do we do with letters like this? I have a whole box of them right next to me. I'll show you guys, but I don't know if the whole podcast can see, but you can hear it. This is the sound of hundreds of welcome letters. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, every time we write, we send a letter or send a package to a new arrival family and families get dozens of packages from us once they are enrolled in the program. 
packages that are packed just for them. On top of every package, we put stacks of handwritten welcome letters. And so this is human connection without even meeting someone face to face. But you can't deny it when you see someone's handwriting, you know that it was taken, they took the time and they put the thought because these letters are mostly about feelings. I'm just going to read one more. Is it okay? Do we have time? Yes. Dear friend, welcome to the United States. Let this be the start of a new and prosperous journey for your family. The U.S. is filled with warm and friendly people, and I can't wait for you to get to know some of them. I'm sending you positive wishes for your future from the Liu family. I mean, this costs nothing. It costs a stamp because you send it to us, but it ends up being taped to the door or the window at our family's house or put in a drawer and looked at when things are really hard because this is what it feels like to, to just to, to be lonely and then for somebody to reach out and um and notice 